Welcome to the Imperfectly Perfect Campaign, sharing real-life stories from real people to unite them in global change for the face of mental health. We will also reduce the stigma, creating communication, healing, and awareness to save lives and inspire. Join us weekly as we talk to some of the highly acclaimed faces, influencers, experts, and others who have been through extreme adversity. All right, guys, so welcome to another episode of the Imperfect Perfect Podcast. Today, like every single week, I bring you an incredible guest. But why I'm excited about this one, I always say my listeners are going to get fed up with me saying this because I've got so <laughs> many incredible friends who introduce me to people who are making a difference with their platform all the time. So first of all, I do want to ask my guest if she has ever predominantly worked or done any work in the UK, in the north of England. Is that where you are? Why did I think you were in Australia? So I am in Australia. The reason I ask this is oh. <laughs> I, I, do, I do my homework and I was listening to somebody trying to pronounce your name. And people from Yorkshire, where I'm from, it's so- Oh my gosh, how funny. Yeah, well, it's such a strong accent that when I heard it, and I know your background's Italian, though you were born in California, I've got a best friend who's from Italy, and the way that everyone can pronounce names, when it's, Alessandra Torresani. You got the last name. It's Alessandra Torresani. But I mean, your accent, yes, I do know people from Northern UK. And I actually have done, well, the inspiration behind this podcast came from going to an event um, that was a sci-fi kind of convention because I'm an actress and in that world. And most of the fans are from the UK and specifically Northern UK. So how about that? That is amazing. Well, I just wanted to do that as a side note, just to pronounce your name. <laughs> but I'm just going to do a quick rundown on in introducing you. So um, you was born in California, although that background is Italian, before becoming an actress, which is predominantly known in your studied dancing and singing from the age of two and achieved a black belt in Taekwondo. So don't mess about. Television <laughs> <laughs> debut was at the age nine when she hosted WB Kids Club for San Francisco's KBWB. Television credits include appearances on The Big Bang Theory, Batwoman, Lucifer, Two and a Half Men, The Fosters, Workaholics, American Horror Story, Sarah Conica, Chronicles, CSI, Crime Scene Investigation, Arrested Development, Malcolm in the Middle, and ER, among others. And it goes wow. on. <laughs> wow, it goes on. I mean, we could go. And the thing, the thing about me, I want to get into the, the fact that we were introduced by a good friend of mine called Rob Mack. So how did that come about? Because that guy is just incredible. Oh my gosh, he was so amazing. And I just had him on the show and it was so, oh my gosh, it's one of my favorite episodes. And like you, I always say that, right? Your favorite guest, your favorite episode, but really every single one just gets more interesting and, and different. And I've never had a happiness coach come on. And that is what Rob is known for amongst other things. And I was introduced to him um, from another friend who used to produce his podcast um, called Mackenzie. Shout out to Mackenzie. <laughs> and she, I said, oh my gosh, I have, I am, you know, need some new guests for, for this season. This season I'm specifically, um, I'm going away from interviewing my actor and musician friends. Yeah. And this season is dedicated to people who actually have the tools to help 
myself selfishly and the the people who are listening. And she said, oh, I have this amazing guy. He's a happiness coach. He is brilliant, Ivy League educated, and just stunning on top of all of that. <laughs> um, so you must do a Zoom interview with him. And I'm married, but I was like, ooh, <laughs> like this. Um, but he is so beautiful inside out and is just such an incredible human. I, I can't even believe it. And he opened up and shared his story. So I want everyone to push to listen to that episode because we get really into um, – you know, both of us sharing, you know, our, our moments with suicide and the ups and the downs. And he's just so vulnerable and so open and so relatable. So yes, I, I that is how I know Rob. How do you know Rob? Oh, well, first of all, everybody <laughs> go and check that podcast out. So what's the name and where can they find your podcast so they can check that episode out? It's called Emotional Support. It's spelt like emotional support. You can find it um, anywhere, any podcast is, it's available. And you can also go to emotionalsupportpod.com and it will give a list of everywhere from YouTube to Spotify, everything. So guys, all my listeners, check it out because I've listened to several of your episodes and Robin himself. So how I met the guy was, and we're like soul brothers. I was told by somebody oh. connected spiritual you guys are just soul brothers because it's, you know what? You can sit there like this with him. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Literally, you're like just hanging off every word because he's so thoroughly vulnerable as a sign of strength, mm -hmm. but also mm -hmm. is just, yeah. I, I can't say enough good words about Rob and we've become such good friends through it all. But I basically, the whole premise behind the Imperfectly Perfect campaign, six, seven years ago, I went through a bout of depression really bad with body dysmorphia. I was working in the health and fitness industry, got to 30 when you normally kind of settle down, married, had our first child, and all of a sudden I started comparing myself to social media. And it mm. got, to a, got to a stage, we moved to Thailand, and it, Wow. Yeah, well, my wife was born in Thailand, grew up in Florida, then moved to Sydney, then we met, and that's the story. <laughs> but wow. Now, I always say, to my detriment, it gave me a relationship with the mirror. And it spiraled mm. out of control. Anyway, furthermore to that, I went through cognitive behavioral therapy. It really gave me an empathetic side to spotting it in people. And two years ago, I turned social media on because that was a test into my issues. And I noticed a good friend from the UK had passed. There was no story behind it. Looked into it. He'd sadly taken his life to suicide. Wow. Now, highlight reels on social media, nobody knew. Mm -hmm. So my premise was I went to a lot of organizations, said, what can I do? I want to help. Obviously, there's a lot of advocates out there. They said, thank you, but no, thank you. So I was like, what can I do? I do photography on the side. I'm actually fed up of the fluff. And why I wanted to bring that up is because I listened to one of your episodes and I, I said to Rob, I said, I think we're like kindred spirits because she says what she feels and it comes from heart, but she cuts yeah. through the bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very, you know, it's so funny. I'm very British that way on my, on my father's uh, mother's, my father's mother's side. So that would be my grandmother. It, it's all um, British heritage. And so I feel like that's where I get my outspokenness from, from my dry humor comes from, from the British, uh, British side, excuse me. And then the, the aggressive anger, loud mouth is the Italian. So <laughs> <laughs> good mate. And I'm a little Greek. So then I'm throwing plates. So, you know, <laughs> It's, uh, it's, but yeah, when, when all that happened, I used my photography to really capture what mental health looks like. So I started right. reaching out to influential public figures. The reason being, 
we often look at people like yourself or people in corporate that we aspire to be or want to be and we think they can't struggle they've got everything and i wanted to break barriers especially like we're seeing in covid and go you know what like there's no difference we we all suffer none Mm-mm. But I also wanted to give the tools because as well as there's always awareness out there, how do we do it? So the, the visual aspect of it was drawing people in, looking at a picture of like yourself or somebody else and going, wow, what's this about? Then they come in, they read the story, they go to the podcast where I have experts and story because the oldest form of communication is storytelling and it makes yeah. you feel a part of a community. Anyway, furthermore, I went to America. Rob invited me onto his show. In walks this guy masculine I'm, I'm like i'm texting my wife going my god this guy's got it going on like stunning good looking guy pearly white teeth the lot and we did the interview i was nervous as hell and afterwards he, he walked oh up my god give me the biggest hug and he was like glenn he was like this is amazing what i get the chance to do the opportunity but what you do is me what do you need what can i do how can i help that's how i know him and ever since oh he's like an angel i swear and as soon as we were finished with our interview he was like you have to meet my friend he's in australia you guys are gonna just get along wildly just make it happen and within one minute he had set up the email and the dm and i'm like oh my god i am the most un i'm the most flustered like unorganized person and you just figured this out in five <laughs> seconds like you're unbelievable Anyway, here we are. So thanks, Rob. Well, like I say, like he's an amazing guy. So I I really thank him. So he'll probably be listening. Thank you, Rob, for the introduction. Thank you, Rob. As I often (laughs) say, I love to know, like you've got so many accolades. You've done such incredible things. Tell me the person behind the profession. Oh, God, a really messed up. I don't know if we swear on your show, but like a really effed up person um, who's absolutely crazy in the best way possible. Um, You know, I was just an actress and I was bit by the camera bug at a young age. I can't imagine doing anything else. I love talking to people. I love expressing my emotions, um, whether it be behind the scenes or in front. Um, And, you know, this kind of just came from a place of giving up hiding who I was and just being like, this is me, accept it or not. Um, And I learned from so many different people hearing their stories and it made me feel safe and cozy and kind of cushy and sweet. And so I thought, you know what, I'm going to do this. And, you know, I still have my ups and downs. I'm still discouraged that people aren't, you know, listening as much as I thought they would or certain episodes aren't, you know, affecting people the way they affect me. And it's all in your mind, right? Because it takes one person to write you something so beautiful and know that, okay, I'm not alone in this. That answers your question. <laughs> it does. Yeah. No, I think, I think that's good. And you've been openly spoken about you as diagnosed with bipolar one. So can mm-hmm. you, for anybody that's listening, our listeners, the one thing that I always say to people, I make a disclaimer, I'm not an expert. I went and got qualified in modalities of mental health, diploma, management, first aid. However, I always accompany the campaign with the professionals because I believe mm-hmm. that there was one thing I wanted to touch on because you were so outspoken. You spoke on a podcast with a guy called Luke, um, Canadian guy. It, it was hilarious. and you Luke? Was, yeah, I, I will find out. It, you was basically talking about the whole... Wait, I interviewed him? 
No, no, the other way around. He was from Canada. Oh, oh I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I don't remember interviewing a Luke from Canada. Okay. <laughs> so I, I was watching, as I said, doing my homework, listening to several interviews. And why I love your outspokenness is because there's such a trend with mental health. And one of the things that made me laugh was this aspect of you both talking about when people put pictures of bikinis or hardly any clothes and then put all these hashtags with mental health. And I was like, I have found my kindred spirits in both these guys because I'm like, you can't do that. So Mm -hmm. when it comes to me doing mental health, you won't really see my face on. I've shared the story, but it's always accompanied by a professional. Let's leave it to the professionals who have trained years to do it. But can you just break it down as someone who is diagnosed with bipolar one? What is the difference between type one and type two? That is a question for a doctor. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No, one of my closest friends who's actually comes on my show as a co-host once in a while, we do a a section called Beauty in the Brain, and he's a neuroscientist. So he is the doctor, uh, and I am, he's the professional, and I am the non-professional, and so we answer fan questions based on that. But, um, you know, he's bipolar two, and I'm bipolar one. So from what I know of the differences is for me, my manic highs are highs and lows are lows, and it can happen at the drop of a dime. Um, for bipolar two, um, number two, it's more of a slow progression, and it's more of a, I'm exhausted, I'm going to stay in bed for two weeks to a month, the depression takes over. It's more of like a bipolar depression where for me, I could be like having the time in my life and then the next second I'm crashing and I'm like out for a few days and then I'm back up. It's just really extremes all the time. Um, I think that's the difference that that's the stupid proof way that I would explain it. Um, but like I said, I don't, I'm not a professional I do the same thing as you do. I'm, I'm like, here are the numbers. Here's the information. Go to the site. We have all the support because I just can speak on my experience. And that's all I can talk on. Exactly. Lived experience. And even when you're talking there, the reason why I ask you is because one of my really good friends, I'll introduce you as well. Um, Rob knows him. Yeah. Jeremy Jackson, who grew up on Baywatch. It was Hobie. Oh my so God. Amazing. Awesome. So he's one of my best mates. And, uh, we, we introduced through the campaign and everything, but he was diagnosed with bipolar. And one of the things that we oh, wow. break, yeah, break down was he was on one of the most highly acclaimed shows of our time, Baywatch. And he, his story was the same as mine. Rob's was body dysmorphia, hating yourself. And yeah, with Jeremy, diagnosed with bipolar as well. And obviously being on a show which is all aesthetic based, having that on top, and then for press to be in such a public eye, which I'm going to get to my next question with you, to have press written about you and they don't know this backstory, like it's so detrimental to mental health. So I know with bipolar from speaking with Jeremy at first hand experience, it can take quite a while to be diagnosed at times. Mm-hmm. How long did it take you to be diagnosed and how did you navigate through an industry where you are on show and display? And if you do have that erratic yeah. at times, how did you? do with that? Well, it took me about 21 years to be diagnosed. Um, and finally I was, uh, through an acupuncturist, no less. Uh, I had been misdiagnosed multiple times and been put on medicine that did the complete opposite, which made it worse and made me suicidal. Uh, and then to answer the question about being in the business and all that, 
honestly, I hid it for so long. And for me, the only time I felt happy was being on set. So I usually didn't have the manic episodes. Obviously it just comes in waves and I would have panic attacks and stuff like that, but there was some way for me to control it. I don't know what it was that, that it, cause it's an un- uncontrollable disease mm-hmm. unless you're on medication and you have the tools, but there was something when I'm on set where I feel such peace and such ease that I don't feel that explosion about to happen inside of me. Yeah. Um, but then when I'm off, you know, that's when I do have the manic episodes all the time, even on medicine. <laughs> you know, it's even just before, like even before you got diagnosed within an industry, you've been in it since nine. Like that is a long time, like seven when you mm-hmm. started. But I mean, how do you navigate through an industry when you do feel like that and you go, this is one of the things I like to show to people because if you're not working for a few weeks, <laughs> like people don't realize this. They see highlight reels, but they don't see what comes with that sacrifice, mm. struggle, getting comfortable at being uncomfortable. It's mm. <laughs> how did you navigate even before you were diagnosed? Well, I, I didn't. Um, and I think that that was the problem is, is seeing all of the issues, seeing the suicidalness, seeing the, the depression and the, the manic moments. I think that I didn't know. The first time I felt relief is when I was told that I was bipolar because I thought, oh, wow, so that is something. There's not just a reason why I'm just like cuckoo bananas. Like it's not just, oh, that's Alessandra. It's like, yeah, that is me and it is a part of me, but it's not all of me, right? Mm-hmm. I think that being in the business at such a young age was actually a blessing in disguise because it gave me such a thick skin for rejection, for um, negativity. You know, obviously social media, it's a bunch of assholes, excuse me, it it is. And I, I am affected by every single person that comments, but I... I'm used to being rejected in this business by producers and and casting directors and executives that for me, it it is a little less stressful in my life dealing with that kind of stuff. For me, my real dark moments come from real life friendships, from real life situations. The business is kind of a good masking thing for me because I enjoy being in it. It's really real life. That's why I can relate more to people who have normal nine to five jobs when it comes to your mental health and it comes to the anger and it comes to the aggression because that's when I feel it. I don't feel it when I'm on a set. Like to me, that's my happy place. Yeah. Um, so, you know, being in relationships, like being in an abusive relationship, like I can relate to that, you know, not having a relationship with your father. Like I can relate to that. Like there's other real life things I call them because for me, this business is a fairy tale, you know, fake world, you know, but the the real life stuff is what I relate to more. Love that. And what was the response? I love to ask people when you, cause you spoke about it a little bit earlier, like you just got to a place where you just wanted to unload and, mm. and just be you and step into your truth. What was that feeling like when you did? Did you feel elated? And then what was the response? I did feel, well, there's a few things. I had been talking about it on and off for a while, but no one had really like picked up on it because I would say things here and there. But I, um, like in the beginning we were talking about, I went to a sci-fi convention and it didn't seem like any of the guests wanted me there. Um, And 
I had been asked all these questions and I was there for a show that I wasn't actually really on. I'd only done one episode of it and no one wanted to hear my story. They were kind of like, okay, we want to get to the other like main actors. Like we want to talk to the other cast of Lucifer. And I was like, whatever, I don't care, you know. <laughs> and then I was in a panel and there was supposed to be a Q&A and no one was answering questions. So finally I was like, hey guys, like, I'm Alessandra and I'm bipolar. Does anyone want to talk about mental health? And a line around the whole auditorium came and everyone wanted to know questions. And everyone's like, have you ever been in this situation? Have you ever done that? Like, oh my God, we didn't know that people had mental health disorders that, you know, are actors that are on TV, like all this stuff. I'm like, I've been there. I've been there. I've been there. Every single story that they shared with me made me feel like, why don't I talk about this all the time? Why don't people talk about this all the time? You know, I know beautiful woman shared a story with me. Um, she was a cutter and she showed me her scars and she was like, I feel pain every day just to feel alive. And I've never heard anyone else speak about it. And I would look at you and go, oh, well, you're pretty and you're on TV. Like everything must be great. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Like I am not a cutter, but I understand that feeling of like, I need to let something go before I can breathe again. Um, and that was the inspiration behind the podcast. Because after that, I was like, you know, I don't really care anymore. Um, and then I started doing just like Instagram TVs, talking about it all the time. And the response was incredible. I had more people reach out to me um, than ever possible. People in the industry kept reaching out. Friends of mine who were in the industry were like, we've always wanted a platform to talk about this. We can't do this on a late night talk show. There's no time and they don't care to hear about that. They want to hear about the show we're on. Like, I want to come on. So I just kind of am letting my show be a little vessel for people to share their own experiences. And I think that's amazing. Like to use your platform to, to I've got two questions I'm going to break it down to. Yeah. For people to resonate with you, one thing, and the real you. Because I think a lot of mm -hmm. times what I've learned within this industry and now made very good friends within the entertainment industry, and as I always say, that is an industry, knowing you guys and knowing people in that industry, that pushes me further away from it. Because <laughs> I'm Right, right. It. It's a lot. Oh, oh, it's, it's a, a lot. lot. Well, mental health. But at the same time, there's an incredible advocate of this campaign, Marnie Kennedy. She's an Australian big actress. When she came on and she reached out to me and we did an interview on TV together and she was like, my God, I had people from primary school when I put that photograph out and shared my story. I had people that I hadn't spoken to in years and then people coming up to me on the street. I never knew. That Isn't that wild? And, and oh, she's, she's incredible for it. But I always say to people and I ask everybody, I know there's probably a lot from all the work you've done, but in regards to your public speaking and everything towards mental health, is there one specific moment or person that you can think of that really affected you by you using your platform and then sharing their story with you and going, oh my God. Well, I never got to meet her and I never got to hear her story personally, but the biggest inspiration was Carrie Fisher for me because Carrie Fisher was in the sci-fi world. Star Wars was my everything. Um, I was on a show that was sci-fi. It's my favorite fan base I've ever had. And she was so open about her diagnosis of being bipolar and being a female and being, you know, sexualized and all this stuff and her ups and downs and, and giving no Fs about it. Uh, and so I never got to meet her, 
but that was always someone that I felt such a connection to and wish I could have said thank you because she saved my life. Wow. Wow. And what do you do? What do you do these days for, to keep your mental health in check? You know, selfishly doing the podcast and doing um, panels and discussions, that really keeps me in check because when I hear other people's stories, it really is so cheesy, but it makes me feel like I'm not alone. And it's even better than therapy because you we're here in isolation, right? We can't leave. We're all stuck. But to know that there's other humans out there that are going through exactly what you're going through, I think is really the, the best thing that I've been, been doing. And also just like dancing and having a good time and, you know, <laughs> meditating and doing all sorts of things, eating lots of pumpkin pie. You know, you got to have fun still. <laughs> you got it. Cause you're based in LA. Yeah. Is that where yes. you're predominantly based? And you guys are still on lockdown, aren't you? Yeah, because you're not, right? Have you guys ever come out? No, Sydney is actually okay. Melbourne, I'll tell you a side note. So Melbourne, the government, I don't know the full story, but what we've heard on the news is that where you're supposed to have the protocol of like the army reserves, making sure people in quarantine stay in quarantine, in Victoria, they seem to have private security firm. And mm. <laughs> one of the security guards must have been a bit horny and he slept with one of the guests and then went out into the public and put Victoria out. (laughs) I don't make this crap up. I'm like, (laughs) Oh my gosh. So they've been in lockdown again in Melbourne for, well, all all of Victoria for about another, I think he's coming up two or three months now due to. And you're there? No, we're in Sydney. So we're actually okay. You know, I lived on Crown Street in Sydney. Oh, nice. In the city. Yeah, yeah. So, I love it there. For a while or filmed or? For like six weeks, I was filming a show out there and it was just, oh my God, it's my favorite. I love it out there. It's beautiful. It doesn't feel like a city. You've got your parks and you've got your beaches around the edges and every oh. week it feels like you're on holiday. You just, yeah. I know. But I, I climbed love- the bridge. I've done it all. <laughs> oh, wow. That, that's actually scary to do that, isn't it? When, you, when you're up there. <laughs> so fun. And it takes so bloody long as well because they stop and take everyone's picture and you're like, I thought this was going to be about an hour. I've got dinner in a, <laughs> a few minutes. But you know what? I did it I did it the nighttime one at dinner. And so it was a lot better because you couldn't really see how far up you were. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I always remember the first time me and my wife went on it. It was like you walk up those ladders and you don't realize that when a train goes on the underpass, everything shakes. It shakes. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. But, and you're like, why did I do this? That's what you think about when you get to the top. But in, in, in relation to, to you, you're doing a lot more work in this space. And I just saw a post today, you're doing something for space movement. And I actually noticed another friend of mine in LA is doing something with them as well called BC Cerner. Do you know BC? I love BC. I know him from the gym. That's how I meet people at the gym. And we became mates and he came on the campaign and is a huge advocate amazing guy oh my gosh i love bc um he's fantastic i actually met him at a mental health conference a year ago through the other girl Britt bronson who started space movement with her friend nikki um so yeah oh my gosh i love bc he's fabulous and he's so 
gosh, isn't he just so happy and so uplifting and his videos and he just has the most fun. I think he had the most fun of anyone in quarantine. Oh, his, his morning dances he used to do before his jobs. Did you? Uh, <laughs> yes. He had the best time. Last time I came to LA, I've got a good friend called Kirsty, and she absolutely loves his morning routine. So when I went to, um, I train at Golds every time I go and he trains there and we called up and I was like, dude, you've got to put a shout out to Kirsty just to do a dance because <laughs> then he set a challenge going, getting everyone to do these dances. <laughs> like, Honestly, he could change the world with his dancing. You know what though? Put him together. Oh, this would be a good podcast. I'm going to invite you back on if, if you want to. <laughs> Yourself, we'll do a roundtable. We'll get BC, we'll get Rob, a happiness podcast, just to lift everyone's spirits during COVID. It would be incredible. That would be so fun. I'm so down for that. We will get that going. But where else can people find out more information about you? And um, yeah, more about your podcast, more about your public speaking. Um, if you want to go to emotionalsupportpod.com, P-O-D, like podcast, um, and you can find us on Instagram at emotionalsupportpod as well, and you can subscribe anywhere. And I'm just so excited. I just you know, became an ambassador for Space Movement. We talked about this. I'm an ambassador for another company called Minds Foundation which is an incredible mental health foundation. And I do an episode um, strictly on that with, with the, um, the, the creator of it, uh, Raghu Apasani. He's amazing, doctor, fantastic. Um, and yes, there's so many other new things that I can't talk about yet, but I'm so excited that they're happening. Um, but it's all starting with the podcast and then there's going to be shows and other fun stuff to look forward to. So be sure to subscribe, like, and review. <laughs> like, subscribe, and share. It seems like you're at a place where you've obviously got this huge passion for acting and known as, as this entertainer, but this public speaking and finding your voice is just suddenly like, I can feel the energy coming off. You're turning into BC. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it. Well, you know, it's funny because I, the first thing that I ever did as an actress was I was a host of a kids club, like we talked about when I was nine and I did it for two years and it was the reason why I got bit by the camera bug and I was like, I want to do this. So it's kind of a full circle moment that I'm coming back and I'm hosting again and redoing this because it's such a passion of mine to host and just interview and meet new people. See, you know what? I'm going to finish off and say, I was talking, um, you know, the show, you was on Grey's Anatomy, which is mine and my wife's favorite show. Like, oh my God, cute. Everybody who acts in that needs an Oscar. The acting, it just gets you, it rips your heart. I always say when oh I watch God. shows, in Australia, like I love Australia, but when you watch a show, I know there's time constraints, but say someone passes or there's something sad happens, it's like an instantaneous thing. People cry for two seconds, next scene. Whereas Grey's Anatomy, it leads you. It, and <laughs> I'm uh -huh. like, oh God, this really affects you. But have you seen as well, um, and Christina Moses came on, incredible advocate as well, get her on your show, she's amazing. A Million Little Things, have you seen that? Uh, a million little things. No, I haven't. Oh man, it's like you've, it's based on the premise of a group of guys that get stuck in a lift together, become really good friends, their lives get intertwined, and then one's high in corporate takes his life. So it's based on all these people coming together over suicide. My friend Dante writes on that show. Oh, tell him, tell him he's just oh, so Christina Moses. Oh my gosh, okay, I have to watch it. 
you do, you will be affected to the point. And I had her on the campaign and we caught up in LA and my God, but I, w- I was saying to her on a podcast, again, I ramble, so I'm a bit... <laughs> You're like me, it's okay. <laughs> um, I just haven't been diagnosed yet. <laughs> but, it'll come, it'll come, in due time. <laughs> but um, I always say to her, so with what you guys do in that profession, entertainment, I was like, the first time I got asked to be on TV to showcase this campaign, I was so nervous. And Marnie, the girl I mentioned before, came on with me. We was in the green room. She's like, you're okay, Glenn. You'll be fine, you'll be fine, you'll be fine. So I said my affirmations and then went onto the set. The hosts were there opposite us, calmed me down. And then the next minute, this guy comes through to me. I've got in my visual uh, proof of room, I've got my images popping up on screen of the campaign. And in my head, I'm going, wow, they look good on camera. And then I've got them looking at the teleprompter in front as host. And then the next minute, this guy comes through and he's like, in three, two, one, you're live. And you watch the beginning of that interview and my eyes are like, what? <laughs> So, oh like, my god that's so funny guys do that like i know live is different to obviously when it's pre-recorded right. but same like that's what i say I take live is scary yeah. though because once it's out it's out and then you're like oh i didn't mean to say that like <laughs> can i take that back you know? yeah, so but... that's what's tricky about about live shows <laughs> oh man well i just want to say thank you on behalf of getting on board the campaign just to share your story coming on the podcast all that you do in the mental health space i think the more and more it spoke about awareness and point to actions which you do is absolutely amazing i'm gonna touch base with you and get that round table set up and make oh my gosh please how much fun would that be be amazing We'll, we'll we'll have to get someone to keep us all in check (laughs) <laughs> I know because we'll just ramble for hours and hours and the show will be like four hours long and people are going to be like, this is enough. Exactly. This is enough. <laughs> but again, Rob, you're probably listening. So thank you for setting this up. It's Thank you, Rob. It's been a pleasure. So um, guys, make sure that you subscribe and like this channel, Imperfectly Perfect Podcast. You can find us on Spotify or iHeartRadio to check in and check out this episode and all the latest episodes. But until then, guys, it's about having those hard conversations. So just know that vulnerability is a sign of strength, guys. So take care and thank you, Alessandra. Oh, thank you so much. Ask, if that's all right, what does being imperfectly perfect mean to you? Oh my gosh, what a great question. Oh, I love that. Okay, It, it means being me. It means taking control of yourself in the best way possible. If someone labels you something, if they call you crazy, which I get called all the time and I laugh about it because it's my favorite word ever. So jokes on them, but you know, you have to take back that meaning. If someone says something rude to you, you take it back, you own it and you turn it on them. So that's what it means to me. To find out more about the Imperfectly Perfect campaign and how you can get involved, simply head to our official website at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org or email us today at info at imperfectlyperfectcampaign.org to speak to one of the team. The Imperfectly Perfect campaign is creating awareness and is not a substitute for professional advice. Should you need help, please refer to your nearest crisis number.